Welcome to Tax Wrap, the podcast of Tax and Super Australia. Each fortnight, we present news and insights to tax and SMSF practitioners. If you've got any questions, comments or even suggestions, get in touch at podcast at taxandsuperaustralia.com.au. Welcome to the Tax Wrap Podcast, episode 212. Um, tax and Super Australia's tax council, John Jeffries, uh, recently appeared on ABC Radio Adelaide's uh, Afternoons show, uh, hosted by Sonia Feldhoff. Here's the uh, interview. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Sonia. Great to talk with you. Thank you for joining us. Um, how many changes or how confusing is the uh, information around job seeker and job keeper at the moment? Uh, uh, yes, it's confusing. Uh, there's a lot of information and uh, it is even more confusing because we haven't yet had the legislation for job keeper. Uh, but um, yes, yeah, so there is certainly confusion around it at the moment. So this has has much of it changed since we initially heard about these these uh, these payments because it seems that some feel that they are now included when they weren't before. Uh, is that the case? Right. So I think the first thing we need to be is clear about job keeper with a K and job seeker with an S. So job keeper is the one that everybody's been talking about just recently, and that's the fifteen hundred dollars per fortnight that is paid to eligible employees and also some owners of businesses. So that's uh, that I think is what is um, getting people's attention at the moment. Now that that though uh, is 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 paid through an employer though, isn't it? Uh, that is correct, yes. Although you mentioned there uh, the artists and the musicians, one way that they might be involved, for example, is if those artists or musicians run their own businesses. And so if they are self-employed and they have the necessary 30% downturn, then they will be able to get the job keeper payment. So would they have to have registered as a, a company or how how would they legally have to be defined uh, as that to be considered self-employed? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so uh, when we say self-employed, we usually mean they own the business themselves. However, it can apply to businesses that are run through structures such as companies and trusts uh, and we've got a little bit of information about the way that works. But a typical musician um, might just have uh, their own Australian business number and conduct a business in their own name, playing at various gigs, and uh, they would be, uh, in that situation, able to get the job keeper. Okay, so as long as you've got an ABN, is that the definition? Yes, for the uh, sole uh, the sole practitioner, you know, you needed to have had that ABN at uh, the twelfth of March. John, um, just while we're talking on entertainment, there are those who not only do mus musical work but maybe do acting or those sorts of things, and it's a very mm -hmm. sporadic kind of job. Yes. So, under the definition of uh, their work, um, how does that fall within that definition? Yeah, well, actors perhaps uh, traditionally wouldn't uh, have their own ABNs. They could, but they would be typically employees of the particular uh, production company that they're with. But now, they, can, they, they can differ, and that might only be for short periods of time. 
Yes, that, that's right. So the first thing is that uh, they have to have been employed with somebody on the 1st of March 2020. And so that's the first question. Um, if they have been put off since that time, then that company can re-employ them uh, or at least put them back on their books and they can get the JobKeeper payment. But whether the uh, employer actually chooses to do that or not is another question. Is, it, uh, uh, is the employer obliged to? No, they're not. The employer can elect to do this uh, or not. And uh, so if you're in a particular situation where you felt that even though you're going to get the $1,500 paid into your business and then pay it out to the employees, uh, you might choose not to do that if your particular situation didn't suit. Um, now, when it comes to those who are eligible for this, it's your employer who has to apply kind of on your behalf, isn't it? That's correct. So when someone says, uh, I've got a text question here going, what if you've already signed up for job seeker payment? Okay, good question. You can't get both. So the but if you get job keeper, then that will override the job seeker and you are required to advise uh, Services Australia that you're going to get the job keeper payment. Um, but you would have to talk to your employer about whether they're willing to apply for that. Yes, the employer is required to advise you that you are going to get the JobKeeper payment. So, uh, but nevertheless, it would be better to get on the front foot and just say, you know, can you please uh, let me know whether I can, in fact, have that JobKeeper payment? And look, you'd expect that most employers would. Now, I'm speaking here on ABC Radio Adelaide, South Australia and Broken Hill with John Jeffries. He's tax counsel for Tax and Super Australia. He's been keeping his hand across uh, the job seeker and job keeper uh, qualification requirements and criteria. And as you can imagine, in this changing environment where the, uh, the not the rules are changing, but certainly it's being developed on the go, um, uh, that has been a fairly fluid environment. So if you've got some specific questions for him, now's the time to call 1300 222 891. Um, we can get quite specific. John, uh, if you can't answer it, we'll just feel sure. free to say that. But this is the idea, is to try to perhaps look at the different scenarios that are out there uh, mm -hmm. for people who are um, uh, listening. Now, I've got a couple of texts and I'm hoping you can answer these. Uh, one texter says, my wife is a swimming instructor and because she works for DEX, she also does not qualify for JobKeeper allowance, even though she no longer has any work. Ironically, I work in the events industry. Uh, so I assume that means that they, this person can. So with this swimming instructor who works for DEX, does that rule out all public servants, does it, who lose their job this way? Uh, yes, that, that's right. So uh, people who are employed by government entities don't qualify for JobKeeper. Um, Russell is in Hackham. I'm due to finish parental leave in two weeks, at which time I'm taking a redundancy from my employer thanks to a restructure that occurred while I was on leave. With this being a really bad time to enter the job market, if required, what payment would I be eligible for and would there be any delay I would have to observe prior to applying? Well, that is a very specific uh, circumstance. Um, Yes, so uh, what I can say about that is you're, you're not eligible to get the JobKeeper payment if you are receiving parental leave pay, if that's what he's referring to, from Services Australia. Now, the fact that he's received the redundancy is also uh, important because 
the next thing I would ask is, were you employed um, on the 1st of March with that particular employer? And what could happen is that the employer could uh, re-employ you. And if this parental leave payment ceased, then my belief is that you would be able to get the JobKeeper payment. Uh, Anne on our text line says, does a part-time sole trader have to prove a 30% downturn or can they close shop and predict it to get the job seeker payment? So can you close up shop assuming you're going to take a downturn and therefore get it? Uh, yes, this is one of the things that is not quite known, but uh, my belief is that you can uh, determine the 30% downturn based on a prediction of what your turnover is going to be. Now, that turnover prediction is based on the way that you lodge your business activity statements from the prior year as compared to this year. Okay. There's no facility, though, to simply shut down your business because you're worried about going to work, though, is there? Um, well, the, the question... Uh, the idea is to keep the business maintained, yes, that, that's right. Um, uh, but if your business has to shut down because of the coronavirus, uh, you should still be able to get um, that JobKeeper payment. Mm. But I guess I'm thinking about, say, a hairdresser. Now, currently, uh, they haven't been told to shut down, but there may be hairdressers who are concerned about their safety and choose to shut down. Yes. Are they eligible in those circumstances? Uh, my belief is yes. Uh, yeah, again, I would like to see what the legislation says specifically about that situation. But if the cause of your downturn is because of the coronavirus, even though it's, um, if you like, voluntary, um, I believe that the JobKeeper payment would still be available. But I'd have to see the law to yeah. be confirmed. Uh, Glennis has given us a call from Mount Barker here on ABC Radio Adelaide, South Australia and Broken Hill. John Jeffries is our guest from Tax and Super Australia. Hi, Glennis. Hi, how are you, Sonia? Good. Um, so the business I work for, um, they directly, they support sporting organisations. So we do um, sports uh, tape and medical supplies. We've been able to access some masks, which, which is a good thing. But 90% of the other part of the business, obviously, once they stop sport, stopped overnight. So my employer, um, we made a decision that it probably wasn't worth me going to work every day because... Obviously, the, the business had massive downturn. So I do a few hours a day from home. My question is, initially I applied for the job seeker and then he's applied for the job keeper. On Friday night, I got a, a phone call. It was about 6, 7 o'clock or 6 o'clock from the government and I imagine it was about the job seeker and then it just cut off. So obviously, they have a cut-off time. They do robo calls or whatever. What should I? I should just. I don't need to do anything now that my employers applied for the job mm. seeker, a uh, job keeper. Job, yes, you should be entitled to the job keeper, and you will be getting fifteen hundred dollars per fortnight as a minimum. Uh, but you need to advise uh, in relation to the job seeker that you're going to get that payment. So, John, as you said, uh, if your employer applies for the job keeper, that overrides the job seeker. That's correct. If you're applying for the job keeper, do you still have to go into work if they if the boss wants you to? Uh, well, that gets to employment law, and so the question is, 
if that's in your employment law contract, then yes. Uh, so uh, the idea of this is not for businesses that just stop but also keep going. Mm. And so uh, there's also the question, for example, if you might have only been getting, say, two or three hundred dollars a fortnight, you're now going to get fifteen hundred dollars a fortnight. Can the employer actually ask you to work more? Now that gets back to an employment law question and uh, presumably these things are going to be dealt with in the legislation under the Fair Work Act. Because we've got one texter here who says, I have a daughter who is employed as a hygienist, but she's unable to perform her work at the moment. Her practice has issued a stand-down letter, but now wants her to come in and do other administrative-type work so they can get JobKeeper. Uh, and they're asking, do you have to attend work if you've had a stand-down letter and already applied for job seeker allowance? Well, um, you don't have to, uh, but the question is, uh, what is your employment relationship? So, mm. so if, you, if you've been an employee on the 1st of March and the employer says, I want JobKeeper, then you will get it. That's, that's it. Now, the next question then is what happens between the employer and the employee in the context of the work environment under industrial relations law? And uh, that I'm not entirely clear with in this situation, uh, but if that person is under a contract uh, to perform a certain number of hours, well, then they will be presumably required to continue to do that. Mm. But in these changed circumstances and with different payments, just keeping your job alive might require you to do other other jobs, might not? Well, well it might, yes. Mm. And, and again, I'm hoping that something in the legislation uh, will make that clearer. Clear. Mm. Uh, David is in Windsor Gardens. Hi, David. Good afternoon. Uh, a couple of quick questions, if I can. I'm a, my main income is as a sole trader, but I also have a second casual job, which I expect will also also be impacted in some way with the virus. So I'm just wondering how that... I've registered for JobKeeper. I'm just wondering how that comes in. And also on the JobKeeper, how do you... How, what's the measurement? Is it like a month's income or is it a week or is it six weeks? Is there a minimum sure. time frame? Okay, yeah, these are good questions. Um, with your casual job, do you know whether your employer is applying for JobKeeper for you? Um, that I'm not sure of, okay. to be honest, because it's a large organisation. Right. So uh, the, you can't receive it twice. So uh, if your employer has, apl has applied for it in relation to your casual job, then you won't get it in relation to your sole trader business. Right. right. And in relation to the prediction about the 30%, is it a month or whatever it is, it's uh, the reading of it at the moment is it is in accordance with the way you lodge your business activity statement. So for a quarter or for a month. But, uh, but that's interesting, though, John, because David's... Uh, if, if he were to get the $1,500 on the basis of his sole trader job, um, would he be allowed to still get that if he's getting other income through the casual second job? Yes, uh, you can still uh, do that. You can only get one job keeper, but if you happen to have another job, that's okay. You, that's, that's permitted and, uh, and it's understood that that will happen. Okay. Uh, thanks for your call, David. Good luck. Deborah is in Morford Vale. Hi, Deborah. Hi. Um, I've just got a question about my GST quarterly BAS return that I've just put in. Um, 
it actually states that I've gone down 23% in my turnover for the last three months, but um, it doesn't go to the 30% for the quarter. But the March one, uh, the March turnover I did was 32% down, but they, the tax office won't be able to see that. Yeah, so, that's a good point, Deborah. So I just want to know what, what I'm supposed to do. Uh, again, this will be made clear in the law when it comes out, but uh, my uh, clear understanding is that you will be able to predict into the next quarter of what your turnover might be, and if you think it's going to go below the 30%, then you will be able to claim the job keeper. So it's not based on from a certain date in March, for instance, that if you look at your turnover since that point... Uh, no, that's my understanding is that that's the way it'll work, is that you'll be able to predict uh, for a, a period, let's say the current quarter, if that's what your, uh, mm. that's the way your VAS is lodged. We're going to take a couple more questions uh, on our text line and on our phone lines, but then I'm sorry, we're going to have to end this. Uh, it's great to get these. Hopefully some of these scenarios are being reflected in the sorts of questions you're wanting to know the answers to as you're listening to this. Um, but obviously if, um, if your situation is a little bit different, um, maybe there's an added complexity there. Uh, we'll try and ask John for some information on where you can go to, to get those details uh, also. But first, let's go to Saul. Hi, Sue. Oh, hi. Um, look, I'm on an age pension, um, but I also, because you're a pensioner, you can actually um, supplement your income up to, uh, I think, the tune of around about 6000 per annum. Um, and I've been doing that by uh, looking after dogs when people go on holidays. Um, I have an ABN number. Um, I'm just a little bit confused if I, because obviously nobody's going on holidays. I have no other... Um, a business, I'm a supplemental business. Would I be eligible for this also? Um, I'm not sure that I know the answer to that exactly. Um, so there will be, as you um, may know, there will be two payments of $750 coming your way, being on the aged pension, that's in, under another incentive. Um, uh, I don't know the answer as to whether you will be excluded in, the, in this situation. Um, and I'm sorry, we'll just have to look at the law uh, to know the outcome for that. Yeah. Thanks very much for your call, Sue. Uh, so if you're receiving of another uh, Centrelink or welfare payment, um, does the, we don't know if that rules you out or not. Uh, uh, no, it doesn't necessarily uh, rule you out. Um, what I'm, uh, what I don't know in relation to that caller there is, if you're getting these two lots of seven hundred and fifty, does that then mean you will be excluded from the job keeper payment? Uh, I don't know the answer to that, but I do know that the job keeper payment is part of the means testing process for the pensions. So maybe that's how they'll work it out. Mm. Um, what about people who are employed but are commission-based earners? Can they claim JobKeeper, says one of our texters? Uh, yes, I think so, because usually commission-based employees are usually just treated as employees under the tax legislation. So my expectation is as long as they were employed on the 1st of March that they would be able to get the JobKeeper payment. Okay, and I have uh, another texter... Um, 
who is talking about, I can't remember what the business is, but they certainly have, um, they have many casual employees, uh, including someone who is on a bridging visa. Now, they're looking at, uh, uh, they have applied for the JobKeeper payment on behalf of their, uh, their employees, their casual employees, but they're worried about the person on the bridging visa. Would they also be eligible? Again, I'm, I'm not exactly sure about I can just read this from the statement that just says that it will apply to the holders of a permanent visa and special category subclass 404 visa holders, uh, and you must be a resident for an Australian tax purposes on the 1st of March. So that's uh, all the information I can give you about that. Yeah. Um, uh, and, John, uh, another question. For, for those who have uh, children um, or, or teenagers who have lost their casual jobs during this time, mm-hmm. uh, their high school students, dependents often living at home, uh, where do they fall in these categories? Okay. Uh, so, firstly, you have to be uh, 16 years of age on the 1st of March. Uh, so, people under that, I'm uh, sorry, you don't get it. Um, and so uh, the, the issue here with casual employees is whether they have been employed on what's called a regular and systematic basis, whatever that means, uh, over a 12-month period. And, of course, there are many casuals that are not employed on that basis and they will miss out. But what exactly regular and systematic means, uh, we're going to have to wait for the law to see uh, what mm. the explanation is. Uh, John, can you just quickly, uh, I've got a few things I want to just throw at you before we say goodbye without doing anything directly, but seasonal workers, you know, mm-hmm. they might not have been working on 1st of March, but they might work through winter or something like that. Yes. And mm-hmm. that's, that's not going to happen in, in any job. Where do they sit? Yeah, if they're not employed on the 1st of March, unfortunately, they miss out and then they will have to go the job seeker way if they don't have, have work. OK. Kay is asking, do job keeper, uh, keepers have to pay it back when the virus is over? No, no. However, it is uh, taxable income. You will be including it in your tax return. And uh, when it's paid to you, if depending on the numbers, tax will be taken out of it. And another caller asks, and I think a lot of employers are looking at this, perhaps putting staff on holidays, getting them to use up their annual leave at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, if you put them on holidays, can you still apply for the JobKeeper payment? Yes. Uh, we're being asked, is the $1,500 taxed? Yes, it is. It's not subject to payroll tax in South Australia, though, I don't believe. Is that right? That's, that's correct. And as far as I can tell, South Australia is so far the only state that's announced that. So well done, South Australia. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, indeed. Um, and um, all of this, uh, look, they're some of the main questions that are coming out. I, I know there are many other individual circumstances which we just simply don't have time to get to now, but we're very glad that you're able to address many of the callers that have come in already, John, and many sure. of our texters as well. Uh, look, uh, this is a, a, a fluid environment, so we yeah. might have to get you back in the not-too-distant future to have a go at this again uh, when sure. that legislation becomes clearer, because federally that's what we're waiting on now, isn't it, John? Yes, that's correct, and we expect it either today or it'll be in the Parliament tomorrow. Well, maybe we can get you back um, early next week after Easter uh, when you've sure. had a chance to look over that and uh, mm-hmm. some of the questions we haven't been able to address today, uh, we can uh, we can do then. OK, that'd be great. Good to talk with you. John Jeffries, Tax Council for Tax and Super Australia. Mm-hmm.